Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Just said, this is a juicy news day for Penn State football fans. A lot happening yesterday with the transfer portal. And luckily, the transfer portal is one of those topics that spans both recruiting and football. So we can talk about it here on the BWI Live Recruiting Show. I'm Thomas Frankar, Sean Fitz, and Ryan Snyder, the industry-leading experts in Penn State recruiting, are here to talk to you about all of the roster movement for the Nittany Lions. A lot of great stuff going on over at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. I'm going to get that just say that off the top of the, uh, the show, but there's some stuff there that from these guys you need to go... Uh, and read. We'll hint at a little bit a little bit later. But just off the top, Fitz, how was Florida? Fitz was down uh, for the Under Armour game for the practice of part of the uh, portion of the week. How was everything down there with Donnie Harbor and Ethan Grunkmeyer? It was great. It was warm. Well, it was sunny. I don't know about warm, uh, but it was sunny, which is a nice change of pace. And got home and it's snowing this morning in State College. So, you know, we got that going for us, which is nice. Uh, good travel day yesterday, but uh, appreciate the other guys holding it down on the site. Uh, it's been an active few days, and we expect it to continue to be an active couple of days on the other side of that so uh it was good we'll talk a little bit more about the under armor game i think here in a minute uh more so practice than the game the game itself yeah. is just a this storm of expletive um but uh other than that um, you know, it's worked it's worked out well for for us going to the practices especially when there was a quarterback involved involved uh, like ethan grunkmeyer yeah, there's been a call uh, several times over the years for us to do um, a, a less edited show uh, over on the site. And maybe someday we'll we'll have the uh, the uh, the honest version of BWI Live over there where we don't uh, say polite things here in public. <laughs> we don't maybe. need to donate that. It's uh, <laughs> he's, he'd be all over that one. Uh, Ryan, uh, you had a doing a lot of stuff obviously ryan always does a ton of uh, great reporting and getting information about recruiting but you had an article i think it was this weekend or late last week about how do we fix the month of december for penn state yesterday you know, it was that yesterday how, how okay. much have you slept t frank <laughs> yesterday we're still in that yeah, fog, guys i mean from the christmas to the new year's fog i mean i'm I, yeah I, I just texted a friend i said i have no idea what day it is so i'm glad we're <laughs> glad we're here on a thursday but ryan yes ryan's thing was very good i do do recommend checking that out yeah so tell us a little bit about it just for people that uh maybe want to go check yeah. it out uh what would you focus on here here's my question are we getting into it later in the show as well according to the Look. rundown we were yeah, I yeah. Just give it all away. That's all I didn't know. Usually yeah. I do that, right? Where we're like, we're going to do this later. And then I just talk about it all now. It uh, fits better here. That's why I moved it. Okay. Well, let's talk yeah. about it now then. Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. we did a story. I did a story yesterday on just December and what all it entails nowadays. And I think fans understand the transfer portal, the bowl games, the traveling, all those things have made December a bit of a mess uh, in, in a lot of ways. And you know, I think it's good for fans. It's good for sites like ours, right? It, it produces a lot of traffic and interest. But I think for coaches, 
uh, it has to change and it has to change now. Uh, and, and the major points I laid out, which by the way, the story's free. You can go check it out on the site. Uh, it's, you know, find it on my Twitter feed, wherever you want. But I, I, I spent the last couple of weeks, whenever we would talk to sources about recruits or whatever it may be, asking them about December too, and all the little things that, that have, I guess, frustrated them is the best way to put it. And a, a real popular topic was, was really, how are we expected to do this next year? when there's a 12 team playoff to prepare for and those first round games of course will be december 20th december 21st uh and it's just how are you supposed to put your best foot forward if that calendar remains the same for next year so just detailing all the all the little points in there you know i started off by just mainly saying that a lot of people are saying uh just get rid of the early signing period all you gotta do is is get rid of that move it back to february and that'll change everything but none of those stories i felt like hit on the main topic of a why december is hectic and that's yeah of course with it being a contact period and of course from december 1 to what december 16th 17th something like that james franklin and basically all 10 of his assistants were out on the road for what 13 of those days somewhere in that so i, I think the main thing the, the the main point of the story is that that december contact period has to go mm -hmm. uh, and i think it, it should go immediately will it i don't know uh the way they scheduled the, the first round of those playoff games with it being the 20th and the 21st tells me they probably still plan for coaches to be on the road in December. So, I mean, Sean, I'll throw it to you just for your thoughts and then I'll, I'll finish it out with just some of the other thoughts from my story. But like, do you, do you think the December contact period can go away and go away soon? I, I think they're going to have to amend some sort of uh, evaluation period to contact period sort of um, at late in the season, more so than, than December. So I, I, I I struggled to see them without it, but also I think it would be the best thing. And and the other thing here is you're you're coming in from the coach's angle for the players too. Like this is this is the one thing that that we talk to people. Now most of these guys are almost practically signed, sealed, and delivered by that time anyway. So the number of guys that this affects in the current signing classes is, is probably minimal from a Penn State angle. Some other schools are still very active in in 2024 right now. Um, or at least we're we're leading up to signing day. So I think that sort of is where where it gets muddy. And if they have a playoff game on the 20th or the 19th or whatever you said it was going to be, I don't know the calendar. 20th or the 21st. Yep. I mean, what, what's the value in going out on the road to see your commits, to see all those guys? Well, while all that stuff is great. You you have a football game to win. Like, and that's, that is, has to be the priority because that is going to, that is going to be what propels your next class and propels your future. So I, I agree with you. Um, I, taking the early signing period out probably helps. Um, maybe, maybe they revisit having the early, early signing period like august or whatever before those kids actually get into their senior season so they can lock down spots and and lock down where they want to be because they, they leave anyway with the transfer portal so mm -hmm. um, yeah a ton there the thing the thing is that that gets me is the portal window um that's because, what i was going to ask next about because that's huge right that's also a part of your roster building for the next year and you're sure. not even done with your year Right. But okay. there's only so much you can change there because you have finite dates here. Your season yeah. ends at a certain point. Classes in January start at a certain point. So it's got to work its way in there somehow. I don't know how they're I don't know how they're going to do it, but that's so, the, those are the things you have to work around. So my eyes is you, you can't change the transfer portal from fall to spring semesters legally until I make the end of the at the end of the story. I make the argument that collective bargaining is, I think, the only thing that could actually change some of this and and tighten up how many guys mm -hmm. go into the portal I, I think coaches will have to go out and visit in december for portal guys i don't unless they make some sort of rule where you know portal players can only come to you 
we'll see. But I, that travel would still probably have to take place. But you can still get rid of, in my eyes, the high school traveling. I think that I mean, right now we're in a period where only transfer portal guys can come on campus for these next couple of days. Well, why can't that also be only coaches can go see guys in the portal in December? So so my argument here, just real quick, before I, I got to lay out the other points in this, because mm-hmm. the second point of my story is I don't think you need in-home visits in December. I don't, I don't think they're that important anymore. And I think a lot of my colleagues disagree. I don't know, Sean, if you do or not. But I think a lot of people in the industry don't think that they're nearly as important as they were 20 years ago in the month of December, at least. Go ahead, Sean. They're not. Um, but I think we're reviewing that through the, the Penn State prism. They're not important to Penn State because Penn State does so much of its recruiting before the season and like what they got Jalen Harvey during the season this year. So mm-hmm. the stuff that they were doing late, yes, it's great to make a run at somebody late, but for Penn State, it doesn't matter. But for a lot of these schools that are, you know, racing to the finish line for the kids that are going to announce at the all-star games or sign on signing day, or, you know, Deion Sanders out of Colorado trying to, you know, cobble something together before signing day or February. I, I think it does matter to them. So I, I would push back a little bit and just say mm-hmm. that because of where we sit, it does not matter for us. But because of where uh, some other guys that cover, you know, Rusty Mansell at, at Georgia, Shea Dixon at LSU, those schools that are still chipping away at guys until the end. And and, and let's face it, places where it's more hectic, like mm-hmm. Florida, like Georgia, like Louisiana, Texas, like those are unsettled until signing day where the Northeast really doesn't have that flavor. So here's here's here was my proposal to that, T. Frank. Sorry, I'm going to do two more minutes on this rant. Yeah, yeah. April and May is no longer an evaluation period. It was our entire career, Sean. But that's right. not the case anymore. Now it's a contact period. In my eyes, you have your normal spring practice visits, and now with April and May being a contact period, why don't we move these in-home visits to then? Because it helps. I think it helps schools and players having them because again. You're trying to figure out who you want to go come on your campus for official visits. That would help the coaches tremendously being able to do an in-home visit with their family and figure things out. And I think it would help the kids figure out, okay, I, who, who do I want to go and visit and use those visits for? I, you know, I'm obviously uh, setting are up, unlimited now, but setting up the summer official months, visits, right? Four weeks. Ryan, what you're yeah. saying is, and, and just for fans that maybe are, are kind of coming into this and don't know the full calendar, july june and july right is the is the official visit window calendar where june. teams i'm sorry yeah june is when guys are coming onto campus and kind of making some of these decisions if you're penn state right this is it's when you're trying to get all of your guys in, in a row and try to get as many commits as possible in the summer so it's technically april 15th to the end of june is when okay. official visits can happen um i don't know a lot of schools seem to have gotten away from april and may official visits uh, kids are still in school yeah that uh, but also it, it just I don't I, Penn State was doing a couple of them in April you for can like do some blue white game stuff things. but yeah, yeah. That, that, that's for the most part it's June the, the weekends in June are the ones that make Correct. sense so long story short I think that you can continue to do if these in-home visits are as important people think I don't think they are but that's another story for another day you can do them in April and May because it's a contact period now, you can have those extended conversations. Now, I will say the letter of the law this year only allows assistant coaches out on the road and to school. So that will not be taking place this year. I think it can down the road. Uh, and then, you know, just after that, we move the early signing period to the end of July. Yeah, I think it has to be in July and not August, just because you want to get this done before preseason camp start. SEC schools usually start in the last week of July. So somewhere, I, th- I think you kind of, Maybe a move up the dead period a week or so into June more, 
and and you, you have maybe a two week gap there where you can recruit in July instead of recruiting just that one week in July. You lock up, you know, you, you do a signing day. I don't know, July twenty something, uh, and then you know you come back to recruiting the guys who haven't signed in January, and that's how you can get rid of a December contact period, get these coaches off the road for high school kids, which is a lot. I mean, it's it's the vast majority of the of the traveling they're doing. Uh, and then it, it it somewhat frees them up to to focus more on their teams. But it, you got to kind of read the article. I don't. I could go all day kind of explaining these things. I think the the main thing though at the end I end it with is just collective bargaining is the only thing that I think could maybe tie kids down from transferring out just whenever they want. You know, right. if, if you financially tie them to a specific school, you know, maybe you're talking buyouts. <laughs> I've had a lot of people throw different ideas on how that would actually work. Uh, you know, if a player has to pay something back or the school he's going to has to buy out a certain contract, whatever it may be like, that's how they think that the the transfer portal uh, acceleration that we've seen here over the last month going into a spring semester could be tampered down a little bit uh, moving forward. But but until we get to that, which I think would probably come when the when the CFP resigns, um, you know, and, and redoes its contracts because the money that's going to be there is going to be insane. It's going to ramp up a lot of pressure. That's the earliest I would see that happening would be 2026 to 2027, maybe 2028. And, and, and Ryan, I think we're on the same page here. Collective bargaining helps Penn State, you think? Absolutely. No okay. doubt. No I just doubt. wanted to get that. We are on the same page there. I, I just want to get that out there. It, it, what it does is gives you a baseline to work with. So you're not starting from zero in this whole GoFundMe era of, uh, yeah. of NIL. So it helps with uh, with sort does of it, getting everybody a starting place. T Frank, does it standardize across conference? Um, because if we're talking about collective bargaining, we're talking about uh, television money, which is different conference to conference. So does that create another layer of advantage for bigger conferences and and that that race to get more money that's going on anyway? Or are you talking about collective bargaining that is across college football and all of the the relevant teams are working with the same pot of money? Sean, you or me? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I would say if if you if you look at the proposal that Charlie Baker put out there in December to start a whole new subdivision, uh, and and you really kind of read through that, it would be standardized to some degree. But I don't believe it would be, you know, school X can only pay the same as school Y and Z. I mean, I do think there will still be schools that will dish out more money than others. The way I mm -hmm. read that, at least. Uh, but I could see like I. It, it just there's so many so many ways to go. I don't. Yeah, I guess the Big Ten could standardize something for just Big Ten schools, but mm -hmm. if it's less than SEC schools, how much does that really matter when you're recruiting nationally? So, right. uh, a lot of a lot of questions, a lot of things that are going to need to be changed. I would just say this: the 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 new calendar for recruiting should drop in April, and I wouldn't be shocked at all if we start learning things in in March about different changes coming. Do I see a December contact period totally ending? all those coaches visits, I, probably not, but I think there's momentum there. And I think you got the, a, you got the AFCA conference coming up here next week. I believe Sean, I think it's, it's early next week. Yeah. I think it's going to be a popular topic there that the coaches and, and a lot of personnel are interested in discussing. I love this. I love this. The, the, not just the who's going where in the, you know, uh, um, third question about uh, re recruiting <laughs> and who's, you know, is Quentin Martin going to be a receiver? We're, we're talking about the, the big levers that you can pull in college football to maybe make bowl games uh, a little bit more palatable for people, depending well, on that's a whole other topic, too. It's a whole yeah. other topic, but it is tied in. Yeah, I, I mean, that's part to some of the degree. 
part of what you talked about, you know, tying a, one of the most popular things is tying NIL or whatever is collectively bargained to bowl games to prevent mm-hmm. opt outs in the future. So like it is an interwoven thing that it uh, we could spend all off season talking about and we absolutely will. So one, one last thing. Dot com one for last these guys. thing. I sure. promise one last thing. One one thing that I had uh, one discussion I had with a source while doing working on this story. And this source like firmly believes this is that a 2014 playoff is the way to fix bowl games. So 24? we'll see if that, yeah, 24 teams, just because it keeps yeah. the bowling greens of the world interested. It keeps the, the, the smaller schools interested because they could crack in and it's a whole other topic for another day. But like, there are people already out there saying 24 is the real answer, and that's what you're going to get to at some point. The Falcons out here catching strays from Ryan. Okay. <laughs> I'm th- I, it was the first Max school that popped in my head. So, sorry. I knew they played in the bowl game, so that's – anyway, move on. You know, you, 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 I had the same thought, so I think you nailed it on the reference. Um, one thing that we, we – I'm just going to get to this hard transition. Um, being good at football is the number one thing here for football players. Like it doesn't matter opt out getting the league. You need to be good at football and hand fighting is a huge part of the game. Uh, if you have a son or maybe you're a coach of a football team and you want to give them an edge on the field, MMA FX, it is a hand fighting program. The number one hand fighting program in the country, uh, a comprehensive video set available for you features former big 10, uh, and, all defensive line, all Big Ten defensive linemen and Penn State defensive tackle Anthony Zell. You can see him here going through these uh, drills with Bruce Lombard of Lombard MMA here on the YouTube channel. Over two hours of hand fighting and hand speed techniques and drills, four levels of progression. This is for defensive linemen, linebackers, and wide receivers. Anyone who has to either defeat blocks uh, and get out into space as a receiver, or defeat blocks and get into the backfield as uh, as a defender, as as a defender. Excuse me. Um, be the best hand fighter, gain an edge on the field. You can uh, check out this for a, an awesome price, by the way. Bruce has extended the holiday deal. You can get it for 15% off if you use the promo code 15BWI, lombardmma.com backslash shop. And when we say this is the number one hand fighting technique uh, video program, it's been used by everyone from Penn State to Oklahoma, Alabama, Washington. He's been all over the country uh, teaching this to the Giants, the Houston Texans in person, and you can have that video, you can have that information for your son uh, to get better at football. Now, we're talking about it here on the recruiting show, so if you're a you know, high school player that wants to gain an edge on the football field, stand out on film. Your athleticism is what it is. You can improve that in the weight room. This is how you take all of those gains and you put them on the football field. So if you want to... Guys, it's uh, signing day. We, we've passed signing day. Some of these guys are early enrollees. Bruce at MMAFX.net. If you want to get some personal training from Bruce here in State College, all that stuff, once again, Bruce at MMAFX.net. He can tell you about all the things they do over at Lombard MMA. Appreciate him being the title sponsor here on the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do want to get to the big news of yesterday, which was the transfer portal, firing that up and finding out uh, the fate of Penn State's receiver room. Julian Fleming commits to the Nittany Lions, Dante Cephas into the portal. So Fitz, I'll let you... Uh, dealer's choice of where you want to start of the in or the out of that uh, process but what were your thoughts on yesterday's movement in the portal well check out our video that t frank and i did sometime in december i don't i barely before remember christmas. doing it it was it was before christmas um yeah that that was a thing so he was getting in the nuts and bolts of it he he of course popped up for a visit um you know during that open window where transfers could come in it wasn't an official visit it was just stopping in seeing the staff talking over with them having the conver- the appropriate conversations uh, i believe it was before he went to nebraska from, from people i talked to he's never going to nebraska it was uh, a, a trip that he made because of prior relationships there and that was not really a, a real option like he went to go to Penn State, like he went in the portal to go to Penn State. Like that is that is how I understand it. Um, and that is how it played out. This was one um, that I've talked to the, you know, we were talking to people before Christmas and they, they were saying, yeah, he wants it low key. He's He may not even announce. So um, we did get an announcement out of him uh, yesterday. So that that was uh, good to see. And I think it, it certainly helps uh, Penn State you know, with coming off of that bowl game, get, get yourself a little bit of momentum, get yeah. yourself some positive press there. And then, um, this is, this is one that we've been saying on, at blue white illustrate.com. We expected Penn, we expected him to go to Penn state in the spring semester, like whether he announced or not, that's what we expected. It played out that way, thankfully, because after the last couple of weeks, people are right on that ledge there. Um, right. But, uh, it gives, it gives Penn state somebody in, in the rotation. I don't want to call him a number one. I don't want to call him a number three. I'm going to give you, I'm going to say this guy is going to play. He was able to break in and be the number three and in the best wide receiver room in the country. And the way that he did it, if you talk to people that are around Ohio State, you know, people admired the way that he the work that he put into it, the leadership that he showed. And they desperately need that in that wide receiver room. I I do think there's talent there in the younger ranks. It's a matter of all that stuff's going to get filtered out. You're going to run that run that through and, and see if you can come out on the other side with some guys that can play. Um, but obviously it's not good enough right now. And we saw that not only in the bowl game, but over the latter half of the season. So um, I'm, I'm really going to be interested to see what kind of um, influence he has in terms of showing guys the way like that is mm-hmm. we, we can talk, you know, he can play like I, I don't think there's any question that he can be a contributor um, as a receiver at Penn State. But what's his lasting impression going to be? Is it going to be on the field or is it going to be more in showing these guys how to work, how to do it, how to do it at a program that, that like I know everybody hates Ohio State here, but like those guys have become an assembly line for wide receivers. And that's yeah. what you know, you, you need some of that to rub off on the younger guys because the younger guys guys do have talent. They're just uh, I don't think they're there yet. So be very interested to see how this plays out. Um, is he the overwhelming like guy that you need to turn the passing game around? I, I don't know. I, I, you know, he's got one year to do it. So it's going to be interesting to see how much that uh, that can take hold. But uh, he's I think he's a positive addition to this room. I think it's a good story. And I think it's going to help Penn State in terms of guys that go elsewhere that just didn't have the experience that they thought they might um, because everybody expected him to be in the NFL right now. Um, that, that, that you yeah. can if you're the right person and, and you can get the right things accomplished that that 
both this can be a relationship that helps both sides yeah and i guess i was just sitting here as you were saying that thinking like penn state has to have this receiver in particular work out for that coming home story and all the boost of you know the the feel goods but really like if if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out like it just it kind of goes and fades into the distance as you know a portal movement uh, maybe it's very important to Penn State, but maybe it doesn't make an impact nationally that, oh, no, Julian Fleming went to Penn State and it didn't work out. Like, it won't work out for Penn State uh, getting a receiver from the portal, for example. Uh, because part of that conversation, Ryan, is Dante Cephas coming to Penn State for one year, getting here essentially in August, leaving in January. I guess, what are what's your final lasting impression of Dante Cephas being a Penn State Nittany Lion? If he could have been here in the spring, it may have, may, may have been a lot different. I, I That was kind of a theme that it felt like we consistently heard. And, and to give credit, I mean, Sean Moore was on top of that more than myself. But, like, it just it seemed like a lot of people – it took just took him time to get up to speed. And I, I don't know the whole reasoning behind him not playing in the Peach Bowl. Obviously, Trey, Trey Wallace being back had to have played some sort of a role in that. But maybe was this in motion before the Peach Bowl? Was that maybe part of the reason why he didn't play? Hard to say. Um, I mean, he, he's always been a talented player. I just, I just thought that, yeah, yeah, it's it's a big jump coming from the MAC to the Big Ten, and when you do it and without getting the opportunity to to be there all spring and, and catch up, and you're and you're really trying to cram that into a short window, uh, it, it's not easy to do. But uh, be curious to see where he ends up. Uh, that that's that's certainly pretty high on my list. I would like to comment on Julian Fleming if that's okay, considering I have sure. not commented any point on julian fleming yeah i think yeah, for yeah. like two months now. i'm just here for the storyline as much as anything i mean this was a recruitment sean can you think of, how many recruitments can you think of going back to like his high school recruitment that was more publicized more people more interested in I, I can't think of many uh just because of the way it played out and and you know obviously there was guys like drew aller and massive other recruits that just didn't have the the, the lasting uh, recruitment. Fans were certainly interested in those high five-star guys, but this one dragged out and him going to Ohio State and however many visits he took. I mean, he took freaking, I don't know if it was 20 visits. It was a lot uh, to Penn State over a course of a couple of years there. Um, so just the storyline to me uh, of him coming back for one season, whether it's it, it ends up having an incredible year, a, a good year, a, a, a year that is is below expectations, whatever it may be. The storyline of this is, in my eyes right now, one of the biggest stories for 2024, easily. Yeah, and he's also coming in with a new offensive coordinator, and, and I think that that just kind of fresh start for the receivers and for Fleming altogether, I think, kind of builds into that narrative. It, it, do you agree with that? Um, I'm sorry, I was actually reading uh, people's comments over there. What did you say? <laughs> I was reading the, just the chat. The the idea, and it fits, looks like you you have a thought on it. Any Cole Nicky coming in and, and kind of the the fresh start for everybody in that room, how much does that play into this conversation as well? I, I think it helps, but it's probably a bit overstated. Like he's going to come in and, and be asked to do a job. Um, you know, Colton Nicky is going to be asked to put him in the right spot. So, like, I, I don't think it's a situation where you wipe the slate completely clean just because, you know, a new guy's in there. Like, and, and that's probably like not fair to some people in the past because i think that that's what's been done um but uh that's that's kind of where i'm at with that so like i'll i don't want to say i'll believe it when i see it but like this is a situation that's going to be a process this is going to be a situation where you get him in the spring and you figure out what his strengths are because that's the thing like you you thought dante cephas was going to be a guy that could not rescue your passing game but be a guy that could really really help you this year yep. and 
Sometimes you don't know that. Dorian Singer went into the portal yesterday from USC. Yep. He, he, he had a fantastic year at Arizona. Mm-hmm. Couldn't make the leap and get ahead of those guys from uh, from from USC. So that is the complicated web that you must weave through in the transfer portal. Is this guy going to be good enough to play where you're at? I think he will. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to yell into the mic there. I think that he <laughs> will. Um, but it, it's one of those things that you never know because the, a lot of those guys that we were talking about a year ago fell short of expectations. Some of them had really good years. A lot of yeah. them didn't. And that's the, the fool's gold aspect of this portal is that you – are recruiting what you think a guy can be. Mm-hmm. Is he necessarily going to be that guy? I don't know. But Fleming has been productive at in an offense that has been good to receivers. He, he of course, took a step back this year in terms of production. Marvin Harrison uh, had a little bit to do with that on the outside. But, um, you know, the number three, it's going to come down to this. Is the number three at Ohio State able to be the number one at, at Penn State? It's very possible based on what we've seen in the last uh, six six months. Yeah, uh, just about that too. Kind of going into the somebody has asked, you know, he played slot for Ohio State. Is he going to play slot at Penn State? And it's just like the difference in scheme, and as you just mentioned, the number three receiver when you've got Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, uh, Emeka Abuka, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and uh, and Marvin Harrison Jr. Like you fit into the offense where you can find a role on the field here you know, much more open of what are your skills and what can Penn State do to get you on the field? And as you guys have mentioned, make this a win for everybody. Uh, Jay Ben is in the chat. He started us off in the chat. He is, he wants to know guys, Quinton Martin, wide receiver or running back. Uh, just quickly, Ryan, if you want to, if you want to uh, cover this ground again for us, so Jay Ben gets the answer. I'll take I mean, it. He's definitely okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. he, he's going to be a running back. Like he's going to line up in drills and be a running back. Like Penn State. That's not to say that Penn State won't use him in creative ways, but like the plan is for him to come in and still be a running back. So that is what they. That is what he wants to do. That is what Penn State recruited him to do. And again, the the flexibility that he provides you is awesome. And I would not be shocked to see him line up in the slot. But in terms of like where you're playing as a position, they want to get him run, running back reps because they think he can be a really good running back. So how much does that change when you get out there the first day of practice? How much does that change, as you said, with the clean slate with uh, with Andy Koldenicki? I yeah. don't know, but the plan right now is, is to be a running back that can do all sorts of things, not to be a receiver that is going to you know line up in the backfield as a gimmick guy. Yeah. Right. Let me go to you, Frank. I, can I read? I'm just going to read Terry Smith's quote from signing day, which I think says it a lot. Yeah, I I flat out asked him, can Quentin Martin see the field next year? From Terry Smith, exactly. Quote, yeah, he can see it. Think about this. In reality, at some point, we use three running backs this year anyway. You could see him being that type of guy. He's a better receiver than all the other guys. Nick, Catron, all those. Uh, Back to his quote. So now you can create a package where he starts in the slot, maybe motions over, and you can do some creative things. He gives you flexibility of either dot in the eye or lining up in the slot, throwing him quick screens or running routes. It becomes a matchup problem. So, yeah, I can mm-hmm. see him getting on the field as much as he can learn. It, we'll give him as much as he can. Wait, I, I read that last wrong. But, yeah, anyway, he can get it. on the field. <laughs> you know what you mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, who's, who's who's Terry steps on? He got on the field as a freshman, as a receiver. He was a cornerback. Mm-hmm. So, like, receiver is one of those ones where you can go out and tell him to go the right way. Um, you're not going to get a consistent performance out of that. But if you can get a couple of big plays out of it, hey, that's uh, that's certainly something. I would love to see Quentin play on the outside. Um, but I think that the plan right now is to bring him in as a running back and use him 
you know, it, it, it's like, so we put these guys into the database. We, we have a primary position and a secondary position. Primary position is going to be running back. Secondary position can be receiver like that. That is how you get better as an offense is to use your guys in the, in the best way possible. We will see if Quentin Martin is ready to go uh, when he, when he gets here and, and whether he, I mean, that that's going to be the ultimate thing. Like we don't know how good these guys are, uh, what level these guys are going to be right. until they get into the, the strength programs. They get into running with these guys till they can, you know, catch the ball in seven on seven. And then all the, then you have to get over the hurdle of uh, getting into spring practice where you get the pads on. So long, long way for him to go. Not saying that he, that he can't do it, but it's the, there's a lot to, in this next couple of months that are ahead of him. So what I well, can I can I just right. jump? I want to jump in quickly with one thing is that, um, you know, this extends beyond just Quentin Martin as well. You talk about usage patterns of different positions and everyone is screaming for getting Nick and Katron on the field at the same time together in that two running back set. If one of them gets injured and that's a primary part of your offense and you've got Trey Potts and freshmen, you don't feel as confident about that. But now you've got Lana Montgomery, who's going to be in the program. Cam Wallace is going to be in the program for another year. Now you've got two talented runners in Corey Smith and in Quinton Martin. So you've got a depth of guys in the backfield. So if you want to run 22 personnel, I'm not saying I like the idea of going heavy into that, but you can now. You have more flexibility because the talent depth is there. And I just think that's an important part of this conversation because I think he unlocks a little bit more in the offense from that perspective in his presence, not just his individual contributions. Has Kotelnicki done that much? You you watch more of Kansas film than I have. Honestly, I was getting I was I I haven't done enough to know. I was looking more at scheme okay, and less about personnel and individual player usage. That's something that here in January I'm going to be getting into. Come on, T. Just I, wonder. I, you should. I know. You shouldn't have spent the Christmas break with your family like that. Uh, you should have been <laughs> looking at how you can deploy. <clears throat> yes. Be believe me, there there is a, there is a bubbling level of panic of the number of things I need to study on film from Tom Allen to recruiting. And 2025 is like an avalanche coming at us in in, uh, in recruiting. So there's there's plenty of things to keep me up at night. But uh, uh, Ryan, what were you what were you going to talk before just, I rail that important. The last thing I was going to just say is uh, his head coach Matt Humbert at mm -hmm. uh, Bell Vernon. He thinks his best position is linebacker. <laughs> so I always laugh at <laughs> at just like we you know we're always talking about QB or excuse me running back wide receiver, and then you, you you talk to the guy who's actually worked with him for four years, and he's like you know I, I think he'd be a great outside linebacker. So that quote was from months ago too. So yeah. I, I haven't I haven't talked to him since after I, the season. I tell the story every year. I tell the story every year. That's what Keenan Allen's coach told me. So yeah, like, that's true. And there's, and there's, that. Like there's that, evidence of him playing corner too, like on, uh, for Bell Vernon. So put mm -hmm. him anywhere on the football field, it seems. Um, but we are talking about receiver for a reason. Penn State trying to reload at that position and fits, you know, Julian Fleming into the program official yesterday. This is something I asked you in our Julian Fleming video, and I had to edit it out because all the information at that point was two weeks old. Um, just generally Penn State still trying to get another receiver into the program, I would assume, like it is not players specifically, but is that still the thrust of they're trying to get uh play, you know, another receiver into the program, or has that changed? Yes, they're still trying to get another receiver into the program. That that's always been the plan. Um three three is a lot, um, but two seems like a, a workable number there. Uh, just based on what you have in the room, how you can work around that. The the window right now is the third through the seventh is when you can bring these uh, transfer potential transfer um, visitors in. Uh, the snowstorm that's that's looming this weekend is going to you know m mix some things up. Um, but uh, Penn State trying to get some guys in this week. 
Uh, the the next thing is obviously uh, talking about what you just brought up there. Can we get into a little bit of why this weekend is important for uh, the transfer portal and why it's this specific weekend? Um, this is, you know, the as you guys, we, we spent the beginning of the show talking about how the recruiting calendar and the transfer portal calendar and this whole NCAA calendar is a mess and it's a shifting landscape. So I think it's important for fans to know kind of the guidelines and I'm learning myself what is each weekend. So this particular window, uh, what is it about fits and what's going on this weekend? It's about getting guys that can enroll in the spring. Like, like I mentioned before, there's it's not finite because every school is different, but like schools classes are going to start at Penn State soon. I I've, I forget what date. Like I said, I don't know what date it is right now. January um, 8th. January 8th. Monday. Okay, so next Monday. week. So mm-hmm. you you are trying to get these guys in as soon as possible. They, they're playing by the recruiting calendar, which is a dead period right now, but mm-hmm. this is a special exemption for transfers that can come in in, in the spring. Y- you need it. Like uh, you, if you couldn't get guys on campus before Christmas, you need it in that sense. And I think Penn State's going to have a handful of guys that, are, that come in. There's one that, that arrived yesterday on an official visit. Uh, check it out, bluewhiteillustrate.com. But uh, it's it's a situation where these guys need to learn as much as possible in a quick uh, 24 to 48 hour window. And there's going to be guys that visit like three or four schools in this window. It's going to be insane and schools. It's going to be really funny too, because schools are going to try and keep guys there as long as possible. So they don't get to the next destination. Right. Uh, we saw that um, before the, uh, before the break with the kid, the, the, the corner that committed to, uh, to, to Louisville that from, mm-hmm. from UCF, they were trying to keep him there. So he wouldn't get on his flight to Penn state. He never did. He actually committed to Louisville. So strong play by the Cardinals there, but that's, that's yeah. the kind of <laughs> shenanigans that we're dealing with here is uh, you know, it's, it's all about, uh, you know, circling the wagons. I know it's Buffalo Bills' big weekend for you, T. Frank. But uh, circling the sorry to bring that up. Uh, but uh, it's circling the wagons and it's trying to keep the others out while you're trying to keep that guy in. So that's mm-hmm. what these couple of days are for. It's hectic. I don't know that there's a better like option out there. Like, how do you make this work? I don't know um, because you got to get those guys in there for the spring. And we saw uh, what how crazy it is with uh, with missing the spring ball, like with Dante Cephas. Like that, I think that would have gone a long way because I agree with Ryan. Yeah. He's very talented. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if he, you know, more finds his level, maybe goes, uh, reunites with Sean Lewis in San Diego, um, or Pittsburgh might be an option or something like that. I don't, I don't know how that's all going to play out, but like these little things are so important to get these guys in for spring semester. Uh, and by the way, to keep up with all of the information, it's not just in the articles, blue, white illustrated message board is a great place for where these guys get the, the, the info that they have, it goes there. And you can follow along with everybody on the message board. There's a lot of great stuff there. And you sign up right now uh, for our YouTube audience and our podcast audience. This is a special promo for you. Two months for a dollar. Code PSU1. That gets you in the door so you can try it out. You can get all the information for all the things that are happening over on the site. So the special offer here, two months for one dollar. Use code PSU1. Uh, something that you're going to need to know about in the next month are junior days, Ryan. Uh, mm-hmm. you've been doing a great Let job me... of categorizing all of those things. You want to talk about something we just covered? Yeah. You want to, yeah, you yeah. I gotta get, okay. I gotta get one last thing on the portal is Penn state's had a major disadvantage with classes starting on Monday. There's a lot of schools that have two more weeks. I was just talking to Sean Callahan who covers Nebraska for on three. They don't start till January 22nd. You know, nope. that gives them a much longer period to keep chipping away at some of these guys. Now, Sean, you correct me if I'm wrong. Can't, yeah. Right, right. And there's still another week or so after that that, that you can lay down. The late ad period. Yeah. So, right. And that's so what I wanted to clarify. To work with. It's not great, but it's it's shining up that thing as, as well. But as even can. that, 
you know, because Nebraska starts on January 22nd, they can lean add to what the pretty much the end of the month. So, so just the way the academic calendar works here for Penn state with Penn state starting their spring semester pretty early. I mean, I remember when I was in school, it was much, I think there was a whole nother week added to it um, before we came back in like mid January. Uh, and that is a disadvantage for them. And there's nothing James Franklin and the staff can do about that. Uh, especially because so many guys just went in the portal after these bowl games. It's such a mass rush uh you know i'm sure there's gonna be a lot of guys that are gonna go visit other schools this week and would like to get to penn state here in the days ahead and maybe they will but that that academic calendar hurts them a good bit uh one last thing uh we're gonna backtrack again one last portal question before we get to junior days is uh very little movement in the portal out of the roster from penn state but graduation i assume is an issue for some players and maybe they're not going into the portal now do you guys think there will be more attrition for the Penn State roster as we go throughout the winter and spring? Because I remember, if I remember correctly, that we were in a similar situation last year where there was a lot of guys who then graduated and transferred instead of doing it uh, in this first window after the season into the holidays. Is that is that correct? Is that fair? Or is Penn State kind of where they are on their roster fits? So Penn State's window, um, because they played in a New Year's Six Bowl ends tonight, um, so any more guys that are going in during this window will do so today. Um, or, you know, the, the, the transfer, or excuse me, the, uh, the paperwork files and maybe it pops up tomorrow, but you, you know, what you see is what you get pretty much. Um, a lot of the guys that have make decisions to make will be guys that are either basically NFL guys or, you know, it's, it's NFL or Penn state doesn't seem like it's transfer portal or it's, you know, just being done with football and things like that. So there will be more attrition. Absolutely. I mean, it happens every year. It's something that we kind of gloss over, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, the, the numbers did work. So um, that's what I see. And then after spring practice, with bringing in new coordinators, it maybe gives some of those guys that were on the fence an opportunity to uh, maybe give it another run, see if they fit better in this scheme, see if they fit better in, in, in a new situation, and then go from there. So I think after spring there will be some some movement as well. But I'll, I'll be honest with you, I expected more in December. Like it was just, uh, just the two guys mm -hmm. in December, three if you include – the walk on, and then Jake Wilson hit it, uh, hit the portal this week as a walk on, a guy that was announced at senior day. So it's not a, a, like a big surprise, um, but I, I, I have expected more, and uh, it just hasn't hasn't come to fruition yet, which is a, you know is a pretty good sign of of where things are at in that locker room. Penn State had sixteen guys enter the portal last year, six of whom went in the spring. Now okay. that number sixteen also included guys like Devin Ford, uh, Matthias Barnwell, Malik McNeil, you know, guys who were already kind of off the team. Uh, but if you're right. actually, you know, doing the numbers, it was 16 right. last year with six in the spring. It's a drastic difference from what we saw this year. Uh, but yeah, I, there has to be guys that that go uh, at some point in the spring. And I, I would assume graduation is part of it. You know, when I look at some of the guys last year that that did fit for them. So we'll see. OK, cool. So, Ryan, come back to you. Um, just give us an overview of what's up next for Penn State football, mm -hmm. because we've been talking about the portal. But this is the recruiting show. Twenty twenty five is obviously here and ready to go um, in earnest, you know, with these junior days. So again, for fans, we have new fans from last year who maybe don't know some of this stuff. So just review what junior days are and, uh, you know, kind of paint the picture of what's coming up from the recruiting perspective this coming month. Yeah, three important visit dates coming up. And, and basically what a junior day is, is averages out, I think last year it averaged out about 40 players per day. And it's and it's a, for a lot of these guys, they've been here already. Uh, but for a lot of these guys, they also came for game visits. So it's a good opportunity to sit down, have more, uh, I want to say personal talks to some degree, but also more like group position talks, you know, getting with uh, 
you know, whatever coach it may be of your position, going through film, you know, meeting, touring campus, even though it's going to be January and freezing cold, they will, they will tour campus to some degree. All the little things that, that go in on a normal visit, uh, that'll be a, a big focus here during these junior day visits. I, are the photos gone for this? I can't remember when the, when do the photos go away, Sean? I think they, oh, I they won't be any not. photo shoots for junior. Oh yeah. T Frank, you didn't know that rule. I think it's no, I saw weird. that it ruined my day. I was like, well, what am I going to use for the thumbnails on the YouTube channel now? Because that's been the, the greatest source for me ever. Not that it matters yeah. to people, but. Uh, but anyway, I, derailment. Yeah, that, I don't think we're going to have too many photo shoots here moving forward, which is just a, a funny topic and not all that important. So uh, anyway, the, the key things to know, January 20th, January 27th, February 3rd. Those are the three junior days that are locked in. I thought they were going to do one on January 13th. I've since clarified that won't be a true junior day. There may be some guys who pop up on campus that week, so I don't think it'll be totally quiet. I do wonder if them not doing it on January 13th is because they want to focus on portal guys and, and any late ads that they can possibly squeeze in there for the following week. I would assume that's a, a major reason why they're they're not uh, trying to do a mass 40-player you know, visit weekend on the on the thirteenth. So uh, we'll we'll get better. I've already put a couple names up on the site. We're going to keep chipping away at that. But with the first junior day still sixteen days away, as far as getting bigger lists together, that's something that you know you, you'll see January fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth as as we get a couple of days out. But uh, it, a lot of a lot of the top guys who are here for games are, are going to be back on campus, and you know we'll see if it leads to any commitments. It almost feels like every time you bring up a thing of like, well, this conflicts with this and maybe they move it in here. It almost seems like there aren't enough days in the year for football, <laughs> like to, for them to get all the things they need to get accomplished. And also at any point have any sort of semblance of life, you know, outside of their job. It just seems crazy the number of things going on. Uh, Which is why getting... James Franklin kept trying to build a bigger staff and build a bigger yeah. staff. And you know, well, those contracts uh, flirting with school X, school Y, school Z over those years. So much of that was about, hey, guys, we need help and, and we need the money to, to build on a staff. And, and that a lot of that has changed here over the last two, three years. So the last thing we got here uh, to talk about happened this previous week, and it's what Fitz was doing when he was down in Florida. Uh, Fitz, sorry, go ahead. I think we, we should fold one more in here. Penn State had a big pickup from the portal realm yesterday in the sense that their need at defensive tackle went down big time. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I forgot. Yes. I forgot to bring that, that up was, at that the beginning of the show. That was up in the rundown. Um, yeah. We should have, uh, we should have talked about it earlier, but Devon Ellie's coming back is big. Like yes. um, Penn state, if you, if you mocked out their 2024 defensive tackle look, it's obvious why Penn state needed to go after some guys in the portal, went after Aeneas Peebles. He ended up at Virginia tech or committing to Virginia tech. I thought he was going to go back to Duke, but any, that's a whole, a whole nother story. Um, but, uh, that they definitely had a need there, especially when Alonzo Ford is, is a bit of a question mark coming off of that injury. And, you mm -hmm. know, uh, Jordan Vandenberg, the, the reserves that you had feel pretty good about Izzard feel pretty good about Zane Durant, but getting Devon Ellie's back who you just, he, he's one of those guys when you watch the game and says, this guy's pretty good this year. Like it, it's not a sense that he was, yep. he's going to go in there and, you know, have seven or eight sacks, but like every time you watched him, that's a pretty solid player. And considering what we saw in the portal and what we've seen in terms of guys juggling things like that, like getting a guy like Devon Ellie's back is getting, that's a portal win to me. Like that is a yeah. situation where you, you sort of Dion Barnes is, is probably pretty happy right now because yeah. you know what you're getting, you know exactly how to use him. You know, his strengths, his weaknesses, as opposed to bringing a new guy in, not saying that Aeneas Peebles couldn't have been Derek Tangelo revisited, but like that's a situation where you find yourself 
very happy that the retention is better than a portal win, in my opinion, on that one. So um, Devon Ellis coming back, absolutely huge. I, I think he's a really good player. I think he's a really, you know, I think he's going to be a captain next year. He's going to be a guy that, that you love hanging around, having around your defensive line as your defensive line transitions away from Adisa and Chop. Um, and it gives you an opportunity to, to sort of, uh, you know, reshuffle and go with it. I don't want to call it a reload. I don't want to call it a rebuild or whatever. Uh, yeah. But a reshuffling is probably the re that we are going with with Devon Ellis because he's a he's a quality player. He stepped up his game a lot this year, and I think he can continue to do so. And he's one of those guys that we talked about for that um that one year initiative of guys that were not going to be first two day draft picks. If you can get those guys back and you can make an effort to uh, to do so. I think it's going to go a long way now he'll be in the college program for a long time i'm not yeah. sure what his pro prospects will end up being but we've seen at the college level he can be a pretty good player so i'm, yeah. I'm very encouraged by that i'm really happy this is a guy that i mean if you watched the post game um for the peach bowl devon ellie's sat on that bench maybe longer than anybody like he was just kind of looking around i thought you know based on what we heard after the season he was going to you know check out his options and see what were you know, what was available to him, not so much in the portal, but as, as a draftable player. Um, so, you know, you, you kind of look at that and say, this guy's going to really help you out in 2024, maybe more so than a new face. So I think it's yeah. a, a very, very good uh, pickup in terms of retention for Penn State. I just, I'm so impressed with his development this past year, because I think back to the Rose Bowl and watching his film in that game and being like, if this is Penn State's veteran coming back, especially as kind of the primary run stuffer, I was like, hmm, that doesn't look great, like on paper and from the film. And it was this year, to, like, I don't want to say a totally different player, but he was just better in every single aspect, better conditioning. His body type was better. He was consistently resetting the, the line of scrimmage on the other side in the backfield. Uh, and just like those little things coming back again as that kind of primary run stuffer. You got Zane Duran, a smaller body. Uh, you want some developments from some guys behind him, but he gives you that buffer now that he's going to be on the roster. And I would not have thought that a year ago that he would be such a pivotal guy to come back last year and you get him for a bonus year. I think it, it, it's a huge testament to his development and the development that Penn State, you know, puts into their players that they genuinely give these guys the tools to get better if they want to go out and get better and, and put that in themselves. He had a very good offseason last year, and I wrote about it uh, during the offseason. Is he turned from a guy that was just, you know, back into the rotation guy to a guy that they thought could, you know, be a player? Like, and mm -hmm. does that mean starter? Does that mean heavy end of the rotation? I think he started six games this season, um, started the bowl game, um, but he really, really came on in the, in the latter portion of his career, which I think is interesting when you take a look at the, the overall dynamic of the roster. Um, some young guys that, you know, potentially, I, I think this is probably a guy that a lot of people wrote off as uh, just just a guy, um, mm -hmm. and he was able to come through and, and, and be a be a player for Penn State. So important to remember, these guys get better. Like we 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 want to latch these guys down after their freshman and sophomore years and say this is the player that they're always going to be. Devon Ellie is a good example of you know a guy that really got better in a, in the latter portion of his career. He got his so, best game in the Peach Bowl. Yeah, I thought that was his best game of the season. I mean, just it, only four tackles and whatnot. I don't, I don't know if it got the credit it deserved. As I, I thought during the end of the season, man, if they could get him back, that would be great. And you know, it seemed like it was heading in the other direction. Then all of a sudden, yeah. pull a one eighty, and yeah, it's a good one eighty for Penn State. I thought mm -hmm. he was draftable. I mean, maybe like you said, not 
in the top two rounds, but he went from a guy that I did not think had NFL prospects to somebody like, if you're playing that physical, there's a role for you in the NFL. doesn't matter if you're going to be end of the end of the roster. You're going to be on the roster because you're providing a lot of things that the NFL needs and being able to stop the run and being kind of a specialist there. That is a role in the NFL, even if you're not uh, Aaron Donald or something like that. And, and, and selfishly covering Penn State, like he's a great kid to have out in front of your program. Like he's going to be fill the leadership void that we, you know, I think we saw this year. So yeah. uh, it's going to be a guy that you, you want to have around your building. He's, he's a guy that you always want to put in front of a microphone, have around your building. It's a, it's, it's a great, great win for Penn State there. Uh, we, we only have a couple of minutes left in the show. I do want to get to, if it's, you, you spent a lot of time uh, getting down to Florida. You spent a lot of time getting us these awesome highlights of Ethan Grunkmeyer. Um, th the game was what it was, as we talked about. But what did you see from him? And we'll go from there, starting with Ethan Grunkmeyer in practice, which you can see here if you're checking out the YouTube channel, some of the highlights Fitz got. What did you yeah, think of how he did? There's a reason that I uh, got on a plane yesterday on the day of the game and got to the practices instead. So <laughs> um, it's uh, it, it, I thought Grunk was very good. Like he just and from talking to people that were there all week, um, he was a guy that really impressed and I think surprised some people a little bit bigger than the last time that we saw him. So he's been he's definitely been working there, but he was on a team with DJ Lagway. Um, DJ got hurt in the game yesterday, but uh, he was right on his heels. Um, and DJ's a five star quarterback that signed with Florida. Um, and you know, maybe this is the guy that gets Florida there. I don't know. Um, but he's very, very talented. Um, but Ethan was good. Um, there was, you know, times that he held the ball a little bit too long, but, uh, when you're playing in a situation like this, guys are going to run triple moves, things like that. And it's, uh, there's only so much that you can, you can talk about how much is, is actually simulated, but in terms of ball placement, I, I thought he was better than Lagway in that, in that category. Um, and if you watch, uh, you know, you watch some of the throws that he was able to make, um, he's done a really good job. I, very few guys have come along in the last year um, as as much as Ethan Grunkmeyer. Still a lot to work on, um, a lot of things to soak in. But if you're going down there, you're going to learn a new uh, newish offense um, in a matter of a week or so. Get on the same page with the receivers. It's not the easiest thing to do. Um, I thought he did a really good job. I, I you know I I wasn't over on the other field. If you look at the um, video highlights. His team practiced on one field, the other team practiced on the on the other field. But from everyone I talked to, he was the number two guy there all week um, behind Lagway, and that's uh, that's a pretty good place to be. Yeah, and, and ball placement is you know part of his game. That is kind of the bedrock of what he is as as a prospect. And Ryan, you know, just kind of circling back to Charles Power has moved him up the rankings and all those things. I'm not asking like, is he going to move up any further? Obviously it's over, but like, you know, what were your impressions of seeing him uh, in the game and just generally what you've seen from Ethan over this last, well, I'd know, be lying months. if I said I watched a whole lot of the game. Uh, <laughs> I, was picking, I was picking up my kids. I, text Sean I was I got just, back. listen, <laughs> right. I was just, I was throwing out a way to get you into the I conversation. Know. <laughs> I know. I, like, I had to get my kids. My wife was gone yesterday and I text Sean when I got back and I was like, Sean, you know, what have I missed? And he was like, uh, Gronk threw a pick six. I was like, oh, here we go. This will be interesting. So I signed on the board and then, you know, the, I finally got to sit down and watch it a little bit more. And it was right when he threw a, another interception, which didn't look like his fault. I, I think the receiver ran the wrong route, but either way, don't put a lot of stock in these games. I never have, you know, even when, uh, we went down to what, San Antonio a couple years ago with with Nick Singleton and Deny and Drew were there. I yeah. left for that game too. I just stayed for practice. Practice is where you you really kind of get stuff out of the games. Usually, it, it's like the Senior Bowl. Whatever. The game is not what matters. It's it's the week leading up to it, and that's mm -hmm. uh, it was good to see him out there uh, more than holding his own. So it's uh, it's yeah. really good to, uh, to to watch him in action. Like I said, the arm is strong enough. 
the ball placement was was very good to very good. Um, mm-hmm. And there was uh, some he, he put his guys in some certain spots. And I will say I, I talked to the offensive coordinator there um, uh, from uh, from Oklahoma and uh, from a high school in Oklahoma that was calling the game. And he said he, he soaked it up and he started to pick up some things as in this was an option. This was a run pass option game. So every play that they called had a run pass option. And he started making those right decisions, uh, which is not something that, that usually clicks for a high school quarterback. But a lot of those guys come out of systems that put them in the best position to score a lot of high school points. And that's, that's yeah. different than what you're looking at uh, in this uh, in this all-star format. What I should have said to you, Ryan, and this is really kind of what I was thinking about is every time Ethan Grunkmeyer has been around uh, his, his uh, peers in these situations, whether it's this summer or here in the all-star game, what Fitz says and what we hear is like he is one of the top performers mm-hmm. in that situation. So maybe he's not the number one quarterback in the nation. Maybe he's not a five-star player, but he clearly belongs in that group and is a guy that can be a, a winner at Penn State uh, at a significant level based on his tools and, and what Fitz is talking about with his mind and all that stuff. For sure. And there's a reason why he's the seventh-ranked quarterback in the country right now, which I think is is pretty good. I mean, honestly, higher than I, I would have kind of thought it would have been uh, even going into a season. So uh, it, it's it, it's really a lot of it goes back to the Brad Manler trading, the technique, you know, the yeah. mechanics, because that's really what I think Charles and a lot of these guys are, are watching, you know, in practice is, is, you know, all the little things and how that will, will translate to the next level. So not worried about Grunk. He'll be fine. Is he going to play next year? Probably not. Uh, I would I would expect him to redshirt. That would be yeah. the right decision with, with Bo obviously uh, getting on the field more and more. Uh, before we end this, though, got to mention Cooper Cousins and Luke Reynolds down at the All-America Bowl. Uh, Cooper Cousins just earned top performer honors yesterday for day two uh, from our staff at On3. You guys can check that out. That's a free story over on the site. Just search for Cooper Cousins on three profile and uh, it, it'll be there. But, you know, Charles is saying he's he's the best interior lineman at that camp right now. And and uh, I mean, there's a reason he has him ranked as what one of the top interior lineman in, in the entire country. So Ryan, long story short, he's trading well. Go ahead. Do you do you remember when we first talked about Cooper Cousins when he committed after his sophomore season? I think it was. No, and, it was two years ago. I do not yeah. remember. Definitely well, not. <laughs> well, I remember because um there was a question, hey, are you going to do a film room? And I said, his legs are so skinny. What do you want me to, what do you expect from me as a guy who's like, and now you look at him and he is massive. Like compared to other big people, he looks huge. His development on every level. I just, I always think about that when I'm like, man, he looked so small on his frame and he has done an excellent job of putting on good weight and being you know uh this complete prospect to where charles power and everyone when he's again around comparable players he stands out like there was a there was a video of him on twitter the other day that i saw that was just like wow he's moving somebody who's huge and i just i always think about that coming back to cooper cousins um speaking of offensive lineman and bigness fits you got a chance to see donnie harbour up close again so what were your thoughts on him Last thing to your previous point, I talked to Phil Troutwine after the game um, on whatever day the game was, um, Saturday. Number um, 30. Jeez, I'm not the only one that knows dates around here. Anyway, it, go on. It, we're in the Christmas haze, man. Just to <laughs> let us go here. Um, but uh, he mentioned, and he's going to scream this from the rooftops, Anthony Donko working with him at camp over and over and over again, got him in the position where he needed to be yeah. um, by his freshman season. Cooper Cousin has probably walked, has probably been to, twice as many camps as uh, Anthony Donko was. So it's going to give him an opportunity to hit the ground running and go with it because he's already gotten the terminology. He's already gotten a lot of that stuff down. So um, 
you feel good about him contributing. It's, I mean, I don't think he's going to start, but mm-hmm. you feel good about him being in a position where he could push uh, right off the bat, even though you don't want to say that about offensive linemen. On the flip side, I guess we would say, Donovan Harbor um, was down at the uh, Under Armour game. Uh, it was tough. I got Snydered um, basically with Harbor because uh, four reps into the first day of practice there, I was filming and his ankle turned over and he oh. was done for the rest <laughs> of the day. The following day, the second practice that I went to, they were very ginger, uh, gingerly working him in there. He did some one-on-ones, looked pretty good um, in the one-on-ones, um, but uh, it was a situation where did not get a ton of what uh, of what Big Donnie uh, brings to the table there. But I will say this, he's heading in the right direction physically, and that's really what you're going to look at, and that's what you're going to take away from him as he enters the program. This is a guy that was, um, you know, his, his weight was a, a bit, I don't want to say out of control, but the, his weight was above where it needed to be, and it affected his play. That weight has it come affected down. His, it affected his rankings. He was a high four star. Suddenly, he's a three star after all of that. So I think it, you know, fair, absolutely affected his play for sure. Yeah, I think I think more so. You know, it affected his tape, and that's what we we got to look mm-hmm. at uh, more so than the rankings here. Um, but you you saw a lot of the things that they liked um, when he was doing his uh, his work down in Florida with the feet and everything. There's, I think, there's a long way to go. I think there's a he's he's got a lot of work ahead of him in terms of getting basically down and then build him back up work around those feet. Those feet are very good. Um, he's going to have to work on his point of attack and his, his punch and things like that, because it's going to, it was a situation there where he, that was a big step up for him. Was, those defensive lines are usually the best units at those all American games. And uh, he took a, you know, he took some shots there. I um, thought he played fine um, when he was in there, but again, I, I only saw a handful of reps because of the injury and it was uh, it was a tough evaluation, but you saw some of the things that you saw in camp. You saw some of the things that popped back up in that senior film. And I think he's back in the right direction. Uh, I really do. So I'm very curious to see his development um, as I am with Egan Boyer, with Garrett Sexton, a bunch of those members yeah. of the 2024 offensive line class, because they are going to be different sorts of projects. Uh, you hope they end up in the same uh, eventual landing spot, but uh, they're different sort of projects where you got some builds up, some tear down. Um, but uh, Chuck losey has got some work ahead of him, and uh, you know he's he's very 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 good at his job. Uh, two of the top three articles right now over at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Penn State currently hosting a top transfer portal target from Fitz. Penn State locks in another junior day visit with top offensive line target from Ryan Snyder. So check that stuff out. BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Great time. Also to remind you, if you're an hour into the show, please like the video. Please share this with your friends and uh, keep everybody in the loop about what we're doing here in the new year. Now that football season is over, there's always that kind of postseason lull. We're still going strong. We're going to have shows for you all the time here. We'll be live on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And if we make any changes to the lineup, we'll let you know in advance. All of that this offseason from Blue White Illustrated. For Sean Fitz and Ryan Snyder, we will talk to you later.